the Sci-Fora Film Podcast is a Thray Productions podcast. The Sci-Fora Film Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sci-Fi Film Podcast. Uh, we are here, Scott and I, to discuss three horror-ish type things in the, of the film variety. Um, so let's go. How are you doing anyway? You all right? Yeah, but right. <laughs> yeah, there was my there was my personality with Chewbacca. They were a Wookiee on me. I'm hairy as well at the moment. I'm just trimming my beard up and having my hair cut again. It's quite but, It wouldn't make any difference. Um, yeah, right. Just trudging along, getting closer and closer to Christmas and stressing more and more about it. It's always a good thing. Yeah. It's the stress that makes it happy. It's the stress. It's the stress that makes it a wonderful time. Don't know about that. The stress <laughs> that makes it a magical time of year. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Santa Claus and stress. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, no wonder it takes him all year. Don't have to be so stressed then. Get, it takes him a year to get over it. <laughs> right. So, three short... Well, I shouldn't have done that. Three short horror films. Um, we're going to start off with the first one. I don't know why I always say that, but it's because it's a really ridiculous thing to say, really. I know, because you know what's going to happen one day, you're not going to say it, start with the last one, and throw everything out of it. Yeah, but then that would be the first one. True. It's like when they say that somebody's the first one to break the silence. They're the only one to break the silence, because if there's another silence after that, it's a different silence. So whoever breaks that silence is a different person breaking a different silence. So, oh, I love these conversations. You make my brain hurt within five minutes. Everything's wonderful. Uh, right, okay. So, uh, the first film then is called Discharged. Yes. Uh, this is from our friends at Deformed Lunchbox. Yeah. Uh, written by Denman Hatch and Craig Shudice. Interesting name. Director was Denman Hatch. Uh, cinematography, Matt Hamilton. Music, Alexander Talon. Uh, the cast is Lawrence Adams. And that's all we get. It's from 2021. Um, the synopsis says, Norman has finally been discharged. You'll never look at, you'll never look at a Q-tip the same way again. Watch if you dare. Yeah, that is an understatement of the century. Absolutely. I'm never going to be able to look at a Q-tip. I'm not even going to be able to look at a box of Q-tip. 
from my ever again. It, it, well, I mean, this is an excellent film, as we always expect the deformed lunchbox films to be. They're brilliantly made. The effects are always great. This oh, yes. Is fantastic, to be honest. Um, I think I think I would be uh, erring on the side of understatement to say that this is slightly bizarre. I would hate to... Do you know what this is really weird to say? And I eventually wrote that. This is an odd film, even for the full lunchbox. Yeah, I must admit. Like, <laughs> we've, we've watched a few of their films, and each one has been very bizarre and arranged in their own slight different way. But this one is just, I don't know, just off in a field by itself. It's just... It is. It's a fantastic thing. The, the actual effects of him using the Q-tip are... Incredible, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's amazing, man. The thing is, I'll quite admit, and I'll take my hat off if I had one, obviously. On, but the guy's acting, Lawrence, yeah. his acting is amazing. It's, it is, it's, it's fantastic. I, I mean, we've, I don't think we've ever, we haven't talked to anyone from Deformed Lunchbox, have we? No, I'm, I'm starting to sort of worry about if we did. I want to see next year if we can get. <laughs> If we can get somebody from Deformed Lunchbox to, to talk talk to us, yeah, because I'm I just, just I'm amazed and in awe of their stuff. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's just it's insane. It's just obviously like like we said before with a few other people productions and their stuff is the fact that there's a lot of ideas that they bat around and don't put it and this and don't do and this stuff. I would love to, I would love to be able to talk to them and say, so what ideas did you throw away? Yeah, because no, no, that won't, that won't work. Or that's yeah, not too far. Exactly, it's just the same. Just all the, all the films we've watched today. Is, I've looked at it and I finished at the end of it, and I've sat there and just gone, I don't know how to feel about it. I like, I, I not, not in a bad way. It just I mean, it leaves me every single time in sort of amazement. Every single one of their films. Absolutely, I I, I love this film. I think it's brilliant. I, I just put, I wrote a few things down about about it and, and you know saying about it being excellent as it always is effects being fantastic so a few other bits and pieces the acting and all that kind of thing but all i wrote at the end of it was just amazing yeah because it, i think it is it's an amazing film and it's brilliant and i think anyone out there should watch it uh, and, and just, just subscribe to deformed lunchbox's uh youtube channel and watch all their stuff yeah but, so it's not not like any of the right. films are like Anything more than five minutes, really. No. That's the bit that I love is the fact that, and the fact that this is this whole film is probably what about two sentences worth of speech in it. Yeah, and that's in his head as well. And I love the fact that he's done that. Yeah. everything about it. So the guys acting as well. Like I, I know people that have come out of the military and had yeah. been sort of what looked like he had like the sort of breakdown bits. Yeah, and it works so well. And I think this got the same. The hats off to his acting. Definitely. Special effects, like we said it before in all their films, amaze me every single time. Yeah. And I, mean, I was saying, I've, I've watched a lot of horror films. I've watched, as we said before, and I don't get off very easily. But part of it actually did make my stomach feel a little bit uneasy. And I'm sitting there afterwards going, I just, I felt really, not uncomfortable, but I just sat there like my stomach didn't feel right. Yeah, and I, and I love the fact that it made me feel like that because I've watched, uh, too, I've I've laughed at horror films. I find them hilarious. Yeah, 
But for a film to actually sit there and make me go, I need a breather, just amazes me. I mean, the, 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 the cinematography, the lighting, all that kind of thing was brilliant. It, it worked so well. The atmosphere of it mm. was so good. That, that kind of closed-in feel about it was just brilliant. It worked so, so well. It and, um, and the fact that with the, the way that you would shot the sort of outline, not outline, but sort of the bits in the background and the outward, so it focused on him, but the outside was fuzzier and sort of distorted a bit, made it so focus more on him and what was going yeah. on. Yeah. Definitely. I just love everything about they do with their films. It's 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 great. And it and they, their music is always there's some, but it's never overpowering. It's never no. too much. It, it's just I love everything they do. I'd love to see them make a full film. Although, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I could take a full film. No, I've got, I would love to see him have, have the opportunity, but I don't think I could stomach it. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just no. like, to the point where, like I said, with this, I sat there, this is two, like, two and a half minutes long, and I sat there about halfway through it, and I could feel my stomach churning because it was just like, this is a lot yeah. to take in. And with all of their films, they've done it, and I would love to see them have that opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, there you go. So, uh, Discharge would definitely recommend that as a, as a film to watch. Um, lovely film, but don't watch it just after you've had Christmas dinner. Oh, hello, George. See, this is, this is the thing that I love as well, about the, 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 the Formula Lunchbox. Yeah, the, the Formula Lunchbox films. It's the fact that they can take, because a lot of their stuff is just like one word films. They're like, yeah. obviously, you've got toast, obviously, make the sandwiches different. Yeah. It's just, the fact that a lot of them you wouldn't wouldn't automatically assume that he is a horror film from the title. No, no. <laughs> I must admit that it's yeah. No, but I, I love it. I, I love that film. Um okay. The second film is another old friend of ours. This is a film called Slasher from 2021 again, Social House Films, directed and edited edited by Aaron Fradkin. Uh, we've done a few of his films before as well. Um, the cast, uh, Victoria Fratz, Wes Overby, Nicholas R. Camp and Aaron Fradkin, and the music, as always, by the fantastically named Robot Disco Puma. Yeah. Um, I want to meet these guys. And the synopsis for this film is exactly the same as the synopsis for about three of their other films, which is There's Something in the Other Room. Yeah. It, it does almost sort of seem like they, they've run out of ideas of how to explain things. Yeah, well, it kind of covers everything, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I thought this was uh, really good, as, as they always are, their, their films. The, the idea of it being this kind of uh, almost like possessed virtual reality game is... is yeah, I see... I loved it because obviously I've I've played a bit of VR, like the virtual reality stuff, and I know how disorientating them games are anyway. Yeah, how much they can throw what you think is the like the most normalist thing completely out of the window. Absolutely, it does. Then add a horror aspect into it. It's a really well thought out film, the way it's done. And I wrote down a thing and I said, there's always something in the other room, but they're all done so differently. Yeah. 
I will, love. <laughs> I will say, and we've had this a few times with social house films, the fact that they love adding little comic effects into it. Yeah. That I did, I loved obviously the comic effect that they had on it when the first bit of Chester pick out, open the drawer, and the, the, there's a, the, a severed hand in it, and the, the hand buns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it got, but again, it's amazing acting, uh, great camera work, lighting and sound in it. What I, I love the editing on it. Yes. Uh, of um, obviously the bloke jumping in and out, and the fact that when it was done, the pixelation random. Random people, I think, very well done. The, the, the glitches in the yeah. game, that, that was really well done. And um, the, same, the, the acting as well, because it's so hard to act virtual reality thing without actually be, being in it. The strange thing is, the one thing I wrote down right at the end more than anything for this is I want the game. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> I, I sat there for a minute afterwards and I'm like, is it bad that I want to play it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's bad, but again, I, I like that that aspect because it was sort of even the graphics on that the yeah. way it was done. I thought was right. but yeah, I sat there after and was like, I really want to play. I want to see what yeah. happened, what the other levels are like. Journey never makes it to level two, yeah. and I sat there after just like, so how many level one levels are there? Are they get worse or easier or what? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> there like, I don't think that's what I should have taken away from the film. Is what I find interesting about Aaron Fredkin's films and also the Deformed Lunchbox films is they seem to pack so much into such a short space of time. Yeah. You watch the films, you wouldn't know they were as short as they are. No, so this is, again, this is what, uh, seven, seven and a half minutes long. And I, I genuinely had to look at the timer a few times on this because I was like, it's got to be longer. Yeah. I got to the end of the film and I sat there about. That couldn't have just been like, that couldn't have been under 10 minutes. No, I, I mean, I, I seriously would have said it was about 15 to 20 minutes long. I yeah. No, certainly, the amount of detail and energy they put into their films. Yeah. That amazes me. And the fact that said, like, the amount of stuff they put into it, it is just amazing films to watch. Absolutely. I, I, have, I can honestly say I don't think I've seen a film by Deformed Lunchbox or one done by Aaron Fradkin that I haven't liked. No. And I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm amazed by them and, and I think they're one. Yeah, so so this, he's another person that I would love to see have the opportunity to make <coughs> a longer or even bigger budget film. Yeah. Just to be given that opportunity to say, look, there's all the money. There's the money that you need to kind of do whatever you want to do. Show us what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. To have that, and I would love to. I would say, would love to see what a feature length film of his would be, and what he could do with a with a pretty much maxed out budget. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Victoria Fratz, She's seen most of his films, and yeah. she, she acts really well. She does that part really well. That part of the the lone woman. She never comes across as being. Like scared to the point of losing control. No, it's, it's, it, it's kind of controlled. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I would. I wouldn't say she plays the sort of damsel in distress. No, it's all. It's almost the the strong strong heroine that everyone should be keeping an eye on. Really, 
It's yeah, just a I mean, silent one in the background. But she, she plays the part really well, and I think it does really, really well. And I still want to know who Robot Disco Puma is. Yes, I want to meet him personally. <laughs> him, him, them, I want to meet him just to, just to say I have, really. I have nothing else, anything other than that. Yeah, just to no, say no, that I, I agree. Okay, so that's Slasher, which is another good film that you should watch. Right, the last film is called In the Ruins. Um, this is done uh, through Walnuts Entertainment. Uh, it's made from, it was made in 2016. Um, apparently, it's a no budget fan project. Yes. They kind of all pull together themselves, the, these people. It's based on a Roald Dahl short story, which we found out is just called In the Ruins. Um, the film was made by Florian Fredericks, uh, executive producers, uh, Riza Brogerdi, why do I do this, uh, and Erkin Akar, Agron Kresnicki. Yeah. The producers were Florian Fredericks, uh, Stephen Warnach, director Florian Fredericks, and the cast was... a. Bruno Aaron, David Gant, and Zena Asenza. <coughs> the synopsis says, when Aidan arrives at a deserted church in the forest, he meets the strange Dr. Faber, who offers him some food, food if Aidan promises to provide the next meal. Yeah. Now, I mean, the first thing you've got to say is, I mean, okay, they, they wrote... <coughs> The screenplay based on the short story, but the first thing you got to say is obviously it's going to be well written because <laughs> Dahl is just an amazing storyteller. Yes, but I was surprised, given the fact that it's no budget and it's a fan project, just how good this was. Yeah, it's it. I was the same. I sat there and I thought, when you said it was sending to me, I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. You told me no one else is based on my car. Like, and then when I read the synopsis and no budget, I was like, it's gonna be it's almost gonna be cringeworthy. But I then when it started up, I just sat there and I've literally I've got like the same stuff that we normally do, like camera work and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I've got no other notes because I was so engrossed in this film with how well it was made, how well it was acted. Absolutely. And just Everything about it, the shots of it, the ca- the fact that ninety percent of it is lit by ca- uh, lit by a firelight, yeah, as well is yeah. to get the shots and the brightness they did and the, to look as good as they did. Definitely, I mean the, the lighting, the cinematography were fantastic, and and the as you say, the acting was really good. Yeah, especially Doctor uh, Faber, the guy who played the Doctor Faber. Yeah, he played that so well and. I just, hey, I've, I'm in complete and utter awe of this film. It just, I know it's a Roald Dahl film, and I know it's like we said, it's the fact that it's a great story, and he's, he's always be, will be an amazing writer. But yeah, it's left me so many, so much because I've watched it a couple of times, yeah. sat and just gone. I want to know more. I want to know I, what I was going on. What led I definitely wanted to see if I could get hold of the short story, read the short story, and see. If- yeah if there is any differences and, and, and whether there's anything about it that, that 
they left out, but I can't see it. It, it just, although it's not confusing, that's the wrong word. It's it's kind of enigmatic. It's kind of like you're not totally sure exactly what's going on with everything or why, but it's not that important to know what's going on and why. What's important is the characters and their interaction with each other. And, and the fact, I think as well the fact that it is, it's all suggestive. Yeah. Because of the fact that, especially the, like, as he walks in, um, we see the doctor prepping for a surgery that he's doing on himself. And then a bit later on, it's just they're eating something. And it's all suggestive that it's this, this, it's no actual proof that it is. Yeah. And I think it's so well done because it leaves, it leaves so much to the imagination with it. And yeah. The way that it's done, I think, is so well done. Definitely. It does. I mean, it's really kind of like it leaves you not knowing exactly what's going on or why or what's happening. But it does, it's just so well done. It's such a good film and such a good story. Yeah, so I, I really love it. Yeah, I can't find out if this is one awards or anything, but, but if it hasn't, I'd be very surprised. Absolutely. It's so well done. And all Jews to the people that have put in the time and the effort to make this make it because it is just so well done yeah oh, um, definitely. loved as well just the pan out shot at the end it's yeah. that we've seen a lot of films where like obviously they pan out from a distance but just to go straight up and just no explanation of what was going on the way it ended I thought was just yeah. so amazingly done the, the thing about it is I mean as I say I haven't read the story but I've read a lot of these other short stories it, the, the, the kind of the the darker stuff he's written and that's what yeah. and it is very much he has got a habit in quite a few of his still stories of sort of starting the action or starting the story in the middle of the action yeah and he ends in the middle of the action so you don't really get a beginning or an ending to the story no. you're just kind of plonked in the middle of what's going on and that's really it's a very clever thing to oh yeah just do, do and make it work very clever writing style obviously just proves the fact that based on the way that Roald Dahl wrote his story. And the fact that he's... The fact that they've made... They've been able to do this film based on um, one of his stories and the fact that, obviously, make it... But make it their own as well. Yeah. Because it's so easy to sit there and go get fame and go like this by copying someone else. But to sit there and say, look, we've based it on a book of his. We've done it this way. And it's just so well done. What I think is interesting is this isn't one I've seen done before. No. There's a couple of his stories that I've seen filmed a number of times. Um, But this one I've never seen done before. And having seen it now, I wonder why nobody's done it before, because it is so good. I think the thing is there's a lot of things that, with a lot of of stories you see, especially from writers and stuff like that is the fact that it takes this is going to make it sound like I'm probably bigging the, the people up a lot more or putting others back but it takes a certain person to do to say to sit there and look at that feel look at that and go I could do that yeah no yeah, I, I think, think yeah, especially especially when it comes to Roald Dahl films stories like I've seen feature length films of him yeah but I look, I've looked at him and I've done things and I've gone uh, that's a that doesn't do it homage. No, no. 
But I mean, it's it's, it's funny because like with short stories, there's one short story that I've seen three different versions of, and it's a good idea. But this story is to me, this story is so much better. Yeah, because it just there's so much more intrigue about it. I think that's another thing as well, is the fact that if he's, I don't know, I'm, I'm going by what I've seen of other films, is the fact that you see one film done a certain way, see it big, like, hyped up and everyone love it, so you then, other people sort of try and copy that way because they, they yeah. know it works. But to sit there and go from, go, oh yeah, we've got a group, we've got this film over here, we know it's going to work, but I don't want to do that, I'm going to go and do something that might not work, but... yeah. If it does. Yeah, I can see that. But I just, I think it's excellent. And I definitely, I would recommend all three of these films to anyone. I mean, the first two just go without saying, because I would recommend anything by those people to anyone. But this one, I I would recommend just on the basis that it's just such a good film. I'm definitely, definitely, I've I've subscribed to uh, Warner's Entertainment and stuff like that, just uh, their stuff, just to, they look at their other stuff that they did do yeah. and what they did come out with. And it's, I am personally going to keep an eye keep an eye on stuff they do. If they can do this, then I'd love to see what they could do with a budget or anything like As yeah. I said, this was just them chipping in and doing doing it. It's not like they had like someone put money towards it. No, that's right. So yes. So all the people out there in in, in Listening land or watching land or wherever you are, um, Disneyland, land of Narnia, land of Nod. Disneyland. That'd be weird if they were playing this in Disneyland. Yeah, it would be a bit. Anyway, uh, so we've got three films there. The first one, Discharged, uh, to film Lunchbox, Slasher, uh, Social House House Films, Aaron Fradkin, and uh, Ruins. Ruins from Walnuts Entertainment. Go and look at them. Go and watch them. Give them a give them a watch and let us know what you think. If I definitely suggest as well for anyone that's listening, haven't watched any of um, the full lunchbox or social has and other stuff. Go and look at their back catalogue. Absolutely. Go and look at all their stuff. They you if you can't not be funny if you like horror films and you can't find something in any of their portfolios or something you like probably shouldn't be watching horror films because <laughs> they've got True. every one of their videos they've got something for someone I think that's the best way to describe their videos is the fact that it's just so they aimed at such a big audience it is it, it is done so well and everyone uh, all of their comments I've seen on it there's not a bad word said again um, no and I don't know whether or not that's just because they're deleting all the bad ones or what but <laughs> that's but, a possibility but the fact that obviously you want to keep some of them bad ones in because of the fact that people go, hang on, I want to see if they're right or prove them wrong. But I haven't seen any, and I think they're so well, they're so well done their films, and I'm going to keep an eye on War Enough Entertainment and stuff because I like the way they the way they've done that one. Cool. Yes, definitely. Um, right. So there you go. Um, we have uh, one more. Ordinary program left. <laughs> Three science fictiony films, and then the Christmas special. I, um, you know what? I don't know what I'm dreading more: the fact that it's Christmas or our Christmas special and the films. 
They could be good. They could be, but hey, very no. much. Um, uh, if you're coming up towards the end of the year, we're going to do a Christmas special, and then after that, we will do one more show, which is just going to be us talking about the films that we've seen this year, uh, the short films we've, we've reviewed, and the other films we've reviewed, and ones that we recommend. Uh, and so you'll need to go back through the your notes to see which ones you list. Make a list. Findable first. Make a list of the films you want you, you reckon we should people should go out and watch, um, and maybe some other films that we recommend people watching. Um, and a few chats about films and stuff and like that. And then uh, we will be off the air until the beginning of February. Yes. Um, now I have already discussed with and uh, we'll be setting up interviews with Nate. <laughs> yes. Yes, an interview with Nate uh, yeah. about the cult leader and the... Uh, what was the other one called? Cult leader and um, cult, cult affairs. Cult affairs. That was it. Uh, so yes, and uh, somebody that we had on last, uh, we've had on before, Charlie Perez. Ooh. Got a two got two part film out, which we will be reviewing Ooh. parts one and two, and uh, he would he would like to come on back on the show and have a chat to us about it, so we can do that as well. Yes, that'd be very um, entertaining. And I've looked at a few films that I'd like to review, like old films, older films that we I'd like to review, full-length features, some classics and some not-so-classics. Um, oh, I, 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 I shudder with fear when you say not-so-classics. Maybe even a time travel or two. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> No. <laughs> I yeah. felt my whole body tense up then. Oh. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for... Um, thank you for the music, for the songs I'm singing. No, that's not the right one. Thank you for being on the show, uh, Scott. Okay. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you to all of those out there in podcast land. Uh, which is like a really, really naff um, <laughs> adventure park, really. Because what you do is you sit in a room and listen to people talking all the time. It's, it's just about no one's talking to each other. Everyone's just walking around with headphones on. They walk around with headphones on listening to podcasts. That's all you do. Depending on what podcast it is, you sit there bumping into each other. It's like centre parks, but instead of there being water, water features and things like that and swimming pools, there are rooms where you can go and listen to podcasts. And that's all oh. there is. So it's just a big forest where people wander around listening. A big forest? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a big forest with, with like wooden shacks in it that people live in. And they wander around listening to podcasts on their own personal Wi-Fi things. It's starting to sound more and more like a horror horror place than it is actually a podcast. <laughs> Camp podcast. Camp podcast. Uh, Get attacked by a set of killer headphones. <laughs> work, you know. Wanted headphones. That would work. <laughs> I suppose there are films out there like Killer Sofa and stuff like that, so why not? It would work. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, headphones. Actually, there's one of the films that I've thought about doing has got a thing where this pair of headphones melt into someone's ears. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. anyway, right. So, uh, on that note, uh, uh, we, we will end. Uh, thank you very much to anyone who's listened, and thank you, Nate. And uh, oh, I do know actually, I have been told we have got another listener, I do know who it is. Ooh, yes, ooh. it's actually a friend of mine called Bob. But yeah. actually, I'm quite happy with the fact that he told me the other day he's listening because I was getting a bit worried. Hi, Bob. We've got a fan club, yeah, <laughs> fan club of one. Well, it's better, I suppose, a fan club of none. It, always, it reminds me of Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine used to have a thing printed on the, on the, on the front of it. It said, number one in a field of one. Exactly. <laughs> not, we're, we're a number one in a, in a field of possibilities of negative people. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, so, yes. So, thank you very much and all that kind of thing. And we will see you again next week. Yes. Uh, You'll see us again next week. Let's not get into all that again. It's just semantics. Or something. (laughs) What the fact you probably corrected me and then confused yourself. (laughs) At the moment, all I can feel, all I've got is vibrations from a cat cleaned itself through the back of my neck, which isn't really conducive to anything, very much of anything. You know what I'm talking about? I did by some of the stories of stuff you told me that happened in the past. And, but they're quite annoying. You know what I'm talking about? No. I've watched Godzilla versus Kong the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, it's a rehash of an old WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. I, I, I saw your rant on oh, your, rant, your, your um, description of it on Facebook. Yes. Yes, I mean, it is, basically. You know, it's I'm exactly not going to be able to watch it now, though, because that's all I'm going to think of. Well, it is. I mean, it's just, you know, Kong's laying there, Godzilla attacks him, thinks he's killed him, so he buggers off, and then he has a big fight. They have a big fight in Tokyo because um, obviously... Godzilla, Godzilla calls Kong out, basically, and then... He thinks he's killed Kong again because Kong's basically laying there dying. So he goes off towards where this signal was sort of drawing him towards it, which is Mecha Godzilla. And Mecha Godzilla and comes out and has a go at Godzilla. This little girl he's managed to teach King Kong sign language. Uh, um, they, they managed to restart his heart by blowing up a spaceship on him. Yeah. Uh, she tells him that Godzilla isn't his enemy because of the fact that you know, so Mecha Godzilla's the enemy, not Godzilla. So they both team up and double team Mecha Godzilla and tear him apart. And then they stand and stare at each other. And then Godzilla walks off. It's this kind of mutual kind of respect thing. And it's just kind of like I'm sure I saw that in like 1990s WrestleMania. The Undertaker, The Rock, and Brock Lesnar. I'm sure it was. 
It's exactly. I the feel same sorry thing. for anyone that's listened to this that hasn't watched Godzilla versus Kong because they've got a really bizarre description of what's gone on. Well, that's it. That, I mean, apart from that, there's lots of fluffy bits in the middle and bits of, of sci-fi nonsense that don't really make much sense. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Um, I'm going to go and watch. Um, I'm going to go and watch Prisons of the Lost Universe again. See if it makes sense this time. Well, no, it makes more sense than anything else I've watched recently. What? Cat's put his paw on my shoulder. Now. Tell me. I'm going to fall. I want to. I'm going to try and put myself to sleep. So I'm going to go and watch Humanoids of the Deep. <laughs> that won't make you sleep. No, it won't actually. You'll probably just stay there winding me up again. But yes, here we go. Right. Thank you very much, everybody. And we will see you again soon and everything like that and all that kind of stuff. Bye. Bye. The Cyphora Film Podcast. Sci-Fora Film Podcast is a Thrain Productions podcast.